Welcome to the Lake Show Life Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jason Reed and Daniel Preciado. Episode 2 of the Lake Show Life Podcast. It's a somber one. Uh, Lakers just dropped game one, first round of the playoffs against the Portland Trailblazers. Daniel, I'm feeling pretty down. How are you feeling? Not great. I, I, man, I was not expecting to see that. Yeah, it was not a great win. Um, some of the things from the seeding games kind of carried over into this game. Some of the stuff we talked about that couldn't happen, uh, definitely did happen. Um, before we really dive into it though, we got to do our, our shameless self-promotion, uh, our podcast should be available on all all the podcasts, anywhere you get your podcast now. Last time when we published, it wasn't initially on the Apple Podcasts. Now it is, so be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review, especially if you're feeling as sad as we are, because uh, one thing that could lift our spirits is a five-star review. I, I definitely uh, <laughs> definitely think that. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. Uh, that, that'll pick us up a little bit. <laughs> always got to do the little uh, shameless self-promotion, but this game, man, um, final score 193 in case, you know, you were trying to wipe your brain of the final score. We just got to remind you one more time. It was a back-and-forth game for the most part. Uh, Blazers came out, you know, big lead. I think it was 16 points at one point in the first quarter. Lakers came back, uh, went on a pretty big run of their own, and then it was pretty much back-and-forth up until that point and then up until the final, you know, two minutes of the game where the Blazers just pulled away. Uh, just your initial takeaways, what do you think? Yeah, you know what? Uh, at, at the end of the first half, I was thinking, you know, with the Lakers, This I've seen this before from them I totally expected them to come out with fire in the second half mm-hmm. because what happened was in that first quarter you know the Lakers were obviously down they were down 33 to 17 at one point yeah um and you know what it pretty much re- was in reverse in that second quarter um yeah there were points where it was tied the game was really really close heading into halftime um and the Lakers really just didn't come out with the effort and energy that I expected the shooting was really really awful yeah i mean that's an understatement um yeah i just i truly expected more i'm sure you can hear the sadness in my voice (laughs) i mean first lakers playoff game in eight years you expect the team to you know come out with an energy that just didn't exist today and you hope you can only hope that it comes out in game two yeah and i mean you alluded to the shooting i mean i alluded to it in the intro um something we've we talked about on the first episode of the podcast quite extensively uh, they attempted 97 shots, which is a lot for the Lakers. I think during the broadcast, they said the stat, they're like 20th in shot attempts per game. So they're not a team that shoots the basketball that much. Uh, 97 shot attempts, only shot 35.1%. That Again, I think that would be a new season low, maybe. It'd be it'd be close. Uh, I talked about that, yeah. about the eight seeding games. And then five from 32 from deep. I think you were telling me it was, uh, what, three of, what was the starting lineup's final shooting from Deep. The starting lineup was three for twenty-three from deep, which was around thirteen percent. Yeah, that's just that can't happen. I mean, the Blazers didn't shoot, and that's what scares me moving forward. And we could talk about that a little later, but the, the Blazers weren't playing their best basketball, and I mean, they still won by seven. What really frustrated me though is the Lakers started this game, and they weren't playing their style of basketball. You know, the Blazers were daring the Lakers to shoot from three the whole game. You know, they were leaving a little bit of space kind of creating that wall that you see teams create with the honest, just trying to, you know, block the paint, whatever. Um, the Lakers kind of bit early on. They were taking threes. We saw Danny green, you know, he missed his, his, you know, he, he's he wakes up and he's got to miss like four threes to start a game. That's just what he does. 
Uh, <laughs> and they just were shooting. They weren't shooting well. And then you saw it kind of, you know, it kind of clicked in LeBron's head in the second quarter. It seemed like he realized, you know, you started seeing him drive to the paint more, uh, hitting AD on those cuts, just the pick and roll, the LeBron AD pick and roll that we've been touting the whole season long as being unstoppable. Um, they started playing their basketball and they had that 10-0 run where they were just, you know, they scored 10 points like that, you know, snap of the fingers, you know, and then there were points throughout the rest of the game where they would turn to that again, but then instead of kind of maintaining that game plan, it's, they were, you know, LeBron was taking 40 footers and just, you know, some open threes, good looks that they just missed. But I, I wish they would have kept with that, almost that game plan they had in the second quarter and kind of ran with that. I don't know what happened there. Yeah, I I was really expecting them to play their brand of basketball once they saw Whiteside and Nurkic get into foul trouble, and we really didn't see that. There was a lot of uh, settling for threes. It almost seemed like the Lakers thought that they were shooting the you know lights out all night the way they were shooting threes down the stretch. <laughs> it was it was pretty ridiculous, honestly. Like that's not the offense that needs to be running. Yeah. Um. And you know, there's there's really nobody to blame for that. I think. The Blazers actually played lockdown D down the stretch. Yeah, uh, they played a lot better defense than I was expecting. I know that was one of the things that we mentioned in the last podcast how how poor the Blazers defense overall is. Yeah, um, but to limit the Lakers who have LeBron James and Anthony Davis to ninety three points, like that's an impressive showing in itself. Yeah, um, like I've said though, you can only hope that the Lakers come out in the next game. I would love to see like one ten, one fifteen points. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that would be great, but that all starts with the three-point shooting. Yeah, absolutely. And then even the free throw, the free throw shooting, they got the Blazers into foul trouble. Uh, They had 31 free throws. They only made 64% of them. Uh, Down the stretch, too, there was two pivotal, and I know this because I had a certain parlay with uh, Anthony Davis. Uh, (laughs) Anthony Davis and LeBron James back-to-back possessions at the free throw line. I don't think the Blazers scored in between. That's a four-point swing. 0 for 4 in in those two, you know, two trips to the line, like, that's just that's not going to cut it in the playoffs. Most of these games, you're not going to have any playoff games that are easy. You're going to come down to the stretch, and you're going to have to make free throws. And that's always been the one thing in LeBron's game that isn't great. Uh, Davis was knocking him down consistently all night up until that point. But, I mean, it's just crazy to think how they make those four th- free throws. We might be cheering right now, and I might be winner of $50 after that parlay. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, LeBron James, we've come to expect you know, really subpar free throw shooting this season. Yeah. But Anthony Davis is an absolutely elite free throw shooter. He's probably the best big man in the league in terms of uh, free throw shooting. And 12 for 17 on the night is, it's pretty good. Yeah. But maybe 14, 15 instead. And, you know, we could be talking about a one possession game down the stretch instead of, you know, the Lakers having it being out of reach in a two possession game. Yeah. Um, you never know what could happen. You know, might get a lucky three, might get, you know, a steal, who knows? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but those misses obviously kept it out of reach to make, not make it possible. Yeah. Um, for a nice comeback there. Yeah. And I, I mentioned the parlay. I just got to cry about it a little bit. Um, you know, <laughs> you lose, I only bet $7 on it, but, uh, it was AD to score 31. Uh, he had 26 going into the fourth quarter, scored two points in the fourth quarter, which that's not going to, uh, the Laker haters are going to run with that. Sad. Uh, he needed 11 rebounds. He had 10 going into the fourth quarter. I don't know. Daniel told me I can't look at the box score yet because of staggering statistics. I don't think he got he a rebound 11. in the fourth. He had 11? He had 11. Okay, so that hit. And then LeBron 11 assists, which hit in the first. He had 10 in the first half. And then the Lakers yeah. had to win. That was the fourth thing. So it was a big a big payout on a small wager. But 
going into the fourth quarter, I thought it was a lock, and then just my heart broke. It looked broke. good. It looked good, but yeah, that's a heartbreak right there. Yeah, it makes the loss even worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I got to ask you, are you worried? I know this is one game. You got to win four to advance. If this was a five-game series, the answer would be yes, undoubtedly, I think. Are you worried at all? We were kind of worried about the Lakers being sluggish. It wasn't like legitimate worry. We think they're going to lose. But after seeing their kind of performance this game, you know, are you worried about this series, you know, potentially getting away from them? Jason, I will tell you, I am not worried. Okay. And there's one reason why, and that's LeBron James. <laughs> okay. Genuinely. Yeah, I mean, that's Having fair. LeBron James on our team is going to take us to the promised land. That's and fair. that's what that's what's been the case the entire time. Yeah. You know, it just what kind of speaks volumes to me is the fact that he went 23-17 and 16 tonight mm-hmm. and the Lakers still lost. Yeah. Like that's painful. Yeah. <laughs> um it's just the role players have to step up like we mentioned. It's, you know, LeBron and AD can only do so much. Yeah, yeah. they're two of the arguably the best five players in the league. Like AD's in the conversation too. I would say but right now quick. they're probably both top five because with KD hurt, yeah. you know, certain people not playing. So I think that's yeah. fair to say. Yeah. And they can only do so much. I mean, you can put the ball in their hands as much as you want as a, as a coach, Frank Vogel, but you need Danny Green to hit his threes. You need offensive rebounds to come. Yeah. You know, they, they got to do their part. Is is the panic button even close? Like, is it in the room? Is it on your desk? Is the is the little cover like the deal or no deal cover? Is that open? Is it still closed? Like, where is it in relation? I know you're not hitting it yet, but how close are you to hitting it? I would say that it's in the cupboard, and I know exactly where it's at if I need to push it. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it's obviously you could be a pessimist, and you know, I've definitely falter i've done that before in the past just with my fanhood every sport um i'm not quite panicked yet uh i don't think the lakers are going to shoot this bad from three all series especially because they they missed a lot of open looks uh it was just it wasn't like like you said portland played better defense but there was you know a lot of open looks that they missed um and they kind of played you know kind of silly down the stretch and i'm not too worried yet it's game one i mean the Magic beat the Bucks, and I don't think any Bucks fan is legitimately worried that the Magic are going to beat them in a series. Granted, Portland's more talented team, but I'm not worried yet. But I am. I think I think I'm closer to hitting the panic button. I got the panic button like right next to me on on my podcast desk right here. The latch is still closed, but I got Howie Mandel sitting here asking me like, "Are you going to do it? Are you going to do it?" And I don't know yet. So I got to sleep on it. Maybe once I wake up, I'll be flipping that open and pressing it. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Don't blame me for that. Um, but you mentioned the role players. So heading into this, we did our purple and gold uh, role players. Uh, purple being a Portland Trailblazers player that we need to do bad for the Lakers to win. Gold being a Lakers player that we need to do good for the Lakers to win role players. Um, you had, what was it, Danny Green as your gold player? I did. And uh, we know he didn't do too well. Uh, <laughs> again, can't look at the box score, so maybe you could read me some of those numbers. But he just missed threes, made some mistakes, just fouls down the stretch, just didn't look great. Um and then I had yeah. Caruso, who did – I think he did well defensively, but he had that really bad three at the end of the game. <laughs> yeah, man. With, I I think that he thought there were fewer seconds on the shot clock or else – because he's not a willing shooter like yeah. that. You know, I think there were seven seconds on the shot clock when he took that. He didn't have anybody open. He just kind of threw up a prayer. Yeah. Um, but his defense was locked down all night. He seemed to be the only answer defensively for Damian Lillard. Yeah. Um, 
And obviously you can only contain Damian Lillard, but there were points in the game where Caruso was stopping Damian Lillard altogether. I was, I was really impressed with that. Well, so yeah, Dame uh, didn't I, score. I, I think that. the whole third quarter, right? He, yeah. he had a pretty yep. cold streak there. So he went off in the first and then he kind of went off at the end, but everything in between Caruso was absolutely containing him. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, on multiple occasions too, uh, McCollum drained threes mm-hmm. in Caruso's face, but Caruso played excellent defense. They were just, there were shots that happened to go in that were very, very well contested. Yeah. What was uh, Danny Green's final stat line on the night? Oh, man. Oh, man. So he had 10 points and okay. two boards. Okay. Uh, he had five fouls. Interesting. <laughs> Four for 12 from the field, two for eight from three. Yeah, that's not going to cut it. When Danny Green's supposed to be like your premier 3 and D guy, the best 3 and D player that LeBron James has ever played with, I mean, that is not going to cut yeah. it. Yeah, it was it was pretty horrendous. Like his shot selection was actually really good in my opinion. Yeah. It's just you can't miss wide open threes. There was one he airballed. I believe yeah. it was in the first in the first half. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, like it's just a continuation." See, this would be an interesting thing to like study like is it if we had the means is it something mental where he's in his own head almost like a baseball player getting yips and he's just can't find it or even this is something i thought about watching the game you know how shooters like different arenas guys will like different arenas based on the backdrop maybe yep. that's throwing him off i don't know you know I, there's nothing he would have to say that in an interview for us to prove it but i was thinking maybe that has some sort of impact he's just been used to shooting in arenas and now he's shooting in a little closed gym but I mean, you still think practicing and, you know, El Segundo and just practices in general, you'd get used to it. So maybe it's just a mental thing at this point. I don't know. But he has playoff experience, so you would think he would have, you know, the mental fortitude kind of cancel that out. But when you're in a slump, man, you're in a slump. Yeah, I, I think it's mostly mental. I would have to agree with you there. I'm a big believer in the mental aspect of the game and how important it is. I think that it doesn't get talked about enough. Yeah. Um, especially when it comes to three point shooting and free throw shooting. Yeah. I think there's mental toughness that it kind of flies under the radar when you're analyzing a game or actually watching it. Um, I mean, basketball is a game of runs and streaks. Mm-hmm. And Danny Green, like you said, to, to cap or to start off this uh, this pod, like. It's like he wakes up, gets out of bed, and misses four free, uh, four three pointers to start the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what he does. Yeah, it's. I was trying to look to see maybe his home road splits. Maybe he plays better when he's got a crowd behind him. But this year, not too. He shot thirty seven percent, thirty seven point three at home, thirty six point one on the road. So I don't think it's like not having fans. Maybe just maybe there is not no fans in general is having a little bit of an effect. Um, mm-hmm. But I just I don't know, man. I don't get it. Yeah. I just I, I, I think about the Dallas game in the beginning of the year when he made that three to send him to overtime, and it was oh like, my God, yes, I remember where I was. Yep, he, uh, I, yeah, I was in New York City watching it. <laughs> I was in a Vegas watching it in a hotel room, and I and everyone was just like, yes, you know, LeBron's got his his guy, you know, not AD's his guy, but you know, his, his shooter, and just mm-hmm. that just seems like a completely different person. It's like we're comparing you know Steph Curry to Boban right now, um, yeah. <laughs> and then our yeah. purple players, we both had the bigs, uh, so I had Hassan Whiteside who I think he had quite a few blocks. He was doing well in, you know, protecting the paint. Um, mm-hmm. And you had Jusuf Nurkic. Again, I can't look at the box yeah. score. I'm not allowed because of staggering statistics. What did their uh, final I, lines look like? Um, so, Yusuf Nurkic actually didn't do too well tonight. Um, I mean, 16 points and 15 boards is good. 
Yeah. But most of those points came from the free throw line. He went seven for nine there. Uh, one for two from three and four of 11 from field goal. Yeah. Watching that game, I don't I don't remember ever being like, wow, Nurkic is, you know, really making a difference here. Yeah. It seemed like he was pretty quiet the whole night. I mean, when almost half your points come from the free throw line and you're just grabbing boards, it is a little bit more quiet. Uh, I did think Hassan Whiteside had a little bit louder of a night. I mean, seven points, eight boards, and five blocks. And a lot of those blocks were very, very key blocks down the stretch. Oh, yeah. Um, he was. He, I mean, he was huge. Yeah, that was part of the reason why their defense is better than expected, you know, creating that wall and just having a freaking anchor at the end of it and Hassan Whiteside protecting it. Um, I mean, that he's he's their biggest big, so, you know. If he's having a game like that, that's the way to stop the Lakers. That's their really only way. If Hassan Whiteside's in foul trouble early on, which ironically he was in foul trouble in this game, but if he's in foul trouble early on, you could take him out of the game. Like this game looks a lot different for the Lakers. Um, yeah. So unfortunately, yeah. the he was not beaten up and turned purple by the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just really upset by the Lakers not being more aggressive in the paint. Yeah. Um, I, I like mean, it. when you have four guys that end the game with five fouls, and that includes three starters, you got Carmelo, you got Wenyan Gabriel, you got Yusuf Nurkic, and then Hassan Whiteside, who's playing a big role for the team. That's four guys with five fouls. You need to be more aggressive in the paint. Yeah. Because all of those guys are, are centers or forwards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they would have been they would have been screwed if, you know. And to be fair, there were some times where they were being aggressive, and it seemed like the refs were – maybe being a little bit more loose in the beginning of the game. Cause I do think the refs are being maybe a little bit too foul happy in the beginning. And it's almost like it balanced yeah. out, but they definitely yeah, could have been totally. more aggressive. You know, maybe that LeBron mm-hmm. 40 foot three could have been a drive to the basket. Get someone fouled out. You never know. Oh, yeah. You yep. never know. Uh, so I want to look at the box score. What's your staggering statistic? So we got a running okay. count. You're one and oh, right? You got the, the, the question right last time I'm Oh, and one. So I need to redeem myself yeah. just like the Lakers. Okay. So this is going to be a two-part question. Okay. You get a half point for each correct answer. Oh, okay. Okay. So you get three guesses for each one. I want you to tell me. Well, okay. Let me preface preface this. So in terms of plus minus, there were two players that were the absolute worst on the team, and there were two players tied for the best on the team. All right. I just need you to name one that was tied for the best and one that was tied for the worst. I don't know if I need three guesses. I feel like I'm going to get this first guess on both of them. Okay. Who led the team? Caruso. Caruso? Yes. And for fun, who who was he tied with? I want to say, this isn't my answer, but I almost want to say LeBron, but he was pretty much out there all the time. So, um, But he was there when they went on their run. But I also feel like just because you're asking this question, I'm getting in my own head here, it's going to be someone weird, like Dwight Howard. I'm going to say Dwight Howard. <laughs> it is Markeith Morris. Oh, I should have known that because I wanted to actually talk about that. Markeith Morris needs to play more. He looked good when he was out there. He did. He did. I Yeah, I totally agree with you. He got 18 minutes tonight, uh, two for two from the floor. He actually made his only three that he took. That was part of and the 10-0 run. Yeah. I mean, if Danny Green's going to play this way, you know, I, I don't, I wouldn't mind if Markeith gets in there somehow. You'd have to kind of, you'd probably have to run AD at the five and Markeith at the four. That doesn't really remove yeah. Danny Green then, but I don't know. He needs to get more minutes. He looked good tonight. Yeah, I, I'm totally on board with that. 
I mean, if he's knocking down shots and he's playing solid defense, like you can't say the same for a lot of the other guys on the team right now. Yeah. And then worst plus minus. Um, yes. There are two guys that are tied. KCP. KCP actually had a negative 18. So a minus 18. Mm-hmm. And that is not the worst on the night. There are two guys that performed worse than he did. See, plus minus is a little bit of a flawed stat. Um, I don't like plus minus. Okay. I don't. But I wanted to use this one because well, I thought it, it was the most standout. It, this is my last guess. I don't want to get three guesses. Is it Danny Green then? <laughs> Danny Green is one of them. Okay, so yeah. I want to guess the second one then. Um, okay, go. I'm trying to think of Lakers players. You know, we didn't see Dion Waiter so much. Yeah. Didn't nah, really surprise me, but um, who else would it be? Is it like, is it Anthony Davis? It is Anthony Davis. Woo! Look at me go. <laughs> There's one point for you. Yeah, I mean, they went on that run. I think he was on the, was he on the floor when they went on that 10-0 run in the second quarter? I don't remember. I don't think so. I think because that was when LeBron and, and Dwight were connecting. Yeah. And then there was a, a later point, I think in the third quarter, where LeBron and, and AD were absolutely on it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Dan and Green and AD. All right. Well, I got yeah. my first point of the year, so that's good. Nice. <laughs> um, your question, I just it's just one point for the whole thing. Uh, so LeBron became the first player in NBA history tonight to have a 20-15-15 game in the playoffs um, yes. in a loss, which is insane. Now, this is courtesy of – now I need to pull up his Twitter. I am not prepared. I look terrible right now. This is courtesy of – I liked it on the Lake Show Life Twitter because I was not – Bill Oram of The okay, Athletic. Yeah. Um, but I think he got it wrong. So mm-hmm. three players. He said three players in NBA history have had 15-15-15 games in the playoffs. I saw four? I don't know. We're just going to go with the three he said. I don't want to. So three players in NBA history have had 15, 15 games in the playoffs before LeBron James. Can you name those three players? I'll give you um, three. I'll give you three wrong answers. So you pretty much get six guesses. So to get three, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm. You get. You know what? If you get two out of the three, I think I'll give it to you. Okay. Um, I'm going to start off by saying Magic Johnson. That is not the correct answer. I don't know why I said Ooh. it like that. No, he is not one of the three. Um, I'm trying to think of triple-double. Oh, um, I don't know if he made the playoffs, though. Uh, I'm going to go with Oscar Robertson. Okay, so that's where there was um, a little bit of contention. Uh-huh. So he, in the tweet, he said that Oscar Robertson, the big O, was one of them. When I looked it up on StatHead, he wasn't. But I will hmm. say that's the correct answer nonetheless. Even okay. though I don't know if that's factual. Okay. <laughs> and I'm going to say this is slightly cheating because I saw this statistic. Oh, my gosh. On the telecast tonight. Okay. Jason Kidd. Yes, Jason Kidd. Yep. I paid attention. But you know what? I could have sworn I heard Magic Johnson's name. So. No, Magic was. So they did. He, LeBron had the most. He was the first player with like 15 assists, I think. Laker player since Magic. Oh, I think that's okay. what it was. Uh huh. Um, the other players are uh, Fat Lever, who his name is Lafayette, Lafayette Fat Lever. I'm gonna be honest, I'm a pretty big basketball head. Never heard of this guy. That is a top yeah. five name of all time. 
<laughs> yeah, never heard of him either. Fat Lever. That's a surprise. Uh, and then, so he said Oscar Robinson, but then when I did the search on Stathead, I didn't see Oscar Robinson, but Wilt Chamberlain came up. And oh. on this Wilt Chamberlain game, which was in 1967, it's just insane to look at his box scores. He had 30 rebounds, 19 assists, and where's his total points? I don't see his total points. Oh, 16 points. 16, oh, 30, and 19. That's insane. Wilt the Stilt Chamberlain. <laughs> so, yeah, you get a point as well. You're up two to one. Oh, love love that. But in betting, we both went one and one in this game. Yes, we did. So we uh, so we previewed the betting lines of the game. I don't think the betting lines are out for the next game, so we can't really do that again, unfortunately, based on the time we're recording this. Maybe we'll put it up on Twitter or something. Uh, the odds were it was uh, it was a uh, Portland what plus six and a half or was it six at the time we recorded? It was six at the time we recorded. Okay, so six, and then the over under was two twenty nine and a half. I took Portland plus six, which hit because they won. Unfortunately, got to remind myself. Um, and then I also took the over, which did not hit, not even close. Uh, Daniel took Lakers minus six, or that didn't hit. But then he also took the under two twenty nine and a half, that hit by a lot. And I want to apologize, Daniel, because I made good logic in the last podcast. You know, I made some good sense. And I talked you into actually betting the over in real life. Um, yes, you did. And I, I just want to apologize because you listened to oh. my dumb brain. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. I just can't listen to your gut feeling anymore. <laughs> to be fair, though, I went 2-0 in MLB today. So hey. maybe that's just my sport. Hey. That's good. Um, um, also, wanted to let you know, the betting lines are out. Oh, they are. Game. Yes. All right. Well, let's hit them. So the Lakers are favored by how much do you think? So they were six. What's a classic Vegas line? Three and a half. Very close. Four and a half. Oh, okay. And the over under. I don't is... think they would adjust that. Maybe lower it a little bit to lower some. Two twenty-seven and a half. You're one off once again, 226 and a half. Oh, so they lowered it by three points. Three points, yeah. And you know, the final total for this past game was 233, I believe. Yeah. So they raised it from the time of our first recording. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'll just hit you with my picks right now. I'm going to take the over 226 and a half, and I'm going to take the Lakers minus four and a half once again. (sighs) Oh. Yeah, I'm going to copy you. I'm sorry. I, I, that was what I was thinking in my head. Um, yeah. And I don't want to pick the same thing every time, but if that's what I believe, that's what I believe. So maybe that's a bad sign for you. Uh, I don't <laughs> think, you know, the Lakers, if they don't shoot horrendously from three, uh, this is a higher scoring game. And plus Portland didn't shoot as good as they normally do, or as they could, I should say. So it, it's going to be a higher scoring game. Two twenty. It was 226 and a half, so you need 227. So that's 114, yep. 130. You know what? I'm going to take Lakers and the under. And take Lakers minus okay. four and a half in the under. I think the Lakers score one thirteen to one hundred one blowout. Okay, one hundred thirteen yeah, to one hundred one. That's pretty. You know what? That was that's funny. That's very very close to what my projected final score was for game one. Oh really? <laughs> very close. Yeah. Well, that's what you were just one game off on what your projection was. So that's what's yeah. going to happen. I'm going to go 2-0, and I look like a genius. <laughs> <laughs> I got to ask you, though. Did you want to change? So we said we we might change some of the purple and gold players as we go. Did you want to change yours? Do you think there's a different role player that needs to step up, up based on the game one performance? 
Um, do you think there's someone else the Lakers need to focus on, or do you want to roll with Danny Green and Joseph Nurkic? You know what's funny is when I was looking at the list of players, I was like, you know what my picks would be for purple and gold is Caruso and Whiteside, your game one picks. Yeah, maybe maybe yeah. we just agree. Maybe we just roll with two players. Sure. Cause yeah, that... I think Caruso needs to stay. Yeah. As you know, an absolute great defender on mm-hmm. Dame. Yeah. Um, I mean, he played such a huge role. I think they got to cut KCP's minutes uh, just a tad because you know what his his offense isn't good enough to warrant um, playing him over Caruso for his excellent defense at this point. Yeah. Um, you need like we like we mentioned in the last pod like they're all about guard play the Portland Trail Blazers. Mm-hmm. Like you need to have Caruso out there. He's a better defender than Contavious Caldwell Pope. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, Whiteside too is just one of those difference makers. I guess I guess we can probably just keep the same four players because it kind of still applies. Danny Green needs to have a better game. Uh, but as we saw, Danny Green doesn't need to necessarily have a great game. The Lakers were in this despite losing by seven. Uh, he could easily have the exact same game and Lakers win. Now, if he has a good game, then a lot of things change. Um, and the same thing, the bigs are important for Portland. So I think it's we probably, we probably keep him for now because, again, it's Lakers needing to stop the Portland Trailblazers' biggest strength, and the Trailblazers need to stop the Lakers' biggest strength. So it only makes sense. The players remain the same. Yep. So, do you? Is there any adjustments, like specific adjustments you have in mind, other than, you know, be more aggressive in the paint and play your style of basketball, which we both are pissed off about right now? <laughs> I think it's continuing to limit Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. Yeah. Because they really, I mean. Lillard had his 34, but he was nine for 21 from the field. Yeah. Like that's not great. And 10 of those points came from the free throw line. Uh, CJ McCollum shot 40%. He was eight for 20. Mm-hmm. Only scored 21 points. If you can keep McCollum and Lillard, that combo under 60 points a night, I, th- I think that that's super ideal Yeah, because Lillard's going to get his, like at the end of the day, he's Damian Lillard. He's the leader of that team. He's going to get his no matter what the Lakers do. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think that I think that's it. Yeah, I mean, I can't like I said, it's just again being more aggressive. I liked what I saw the Lakers at points that ten point run that I've mentioned twenty times now. uh, That they went on, I think it was eleven point run in the fourth quarter that gave them the lead. Maybe not eleven, but they went on a run then. Um, Kuzma looked good in some regards. He was kind of forcing some things, but he hit some big shots. Um, Maybe utilize him more. I would maybe I'd like to see the shots that went to KCP go to Kuzma because KCP had some bad shots tonight. Yes, uh, he did. I mean, Danny Green's getting all the you know, getting all the jokes and memes his way for how bad he's been playing, but KCP did not look great tonight either. Yeah, uh, oh for nine. Danny Green made it. Oh for nine from the field to KCP. <laughs> That's yeah, you're not going to win. And again, Kuzma went five for fourteen, so he didn't shoot great either. But I think he can make more happen. Maybe get a little bit of uh, Markeith in there. I don't know how you work that out, um, taking out KCP. Yeah. It's kind of just taking out KCP. I mean, you said it for Caruso. I said it for Markeith and Kuzma. Uh, I like Dwight Howard in there more than JaVel McGee, but they kind of oh, yeah. split minutes yeah. anyways. So I guess that doesn't really matter too much. And, uh, yeah, just better basketball, man. It was uh, disappointing to watch. Yeah. They got to play better basketball. That's it. That's the key. Better basketball. <laughs> Expert analysis. All right, yes. so to wrap up the show, I gave my prediction 113 101. 
I better stay consistent. I think that's what I said. 113-101 Lakers. It's kind of a bold prediction. Uh, Trailblazers fans might come at me for that. What's your final score prediction for game two? I'm going to go with the Lakers victory of 120 to 111. Okay, I wanted to make sure your over and your bet still hit because it would have been funny if you, you contradicted your bet. Oh, trust me, I thought about it. <laughs> so if all is right in the world, uh, we'll come back at you on game two is Thursday, same time, I believe, 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific, of course. Uh, if all is good in the world, we'll be coming back at you on Friday morning, hopefully with a more upbeat episode. If all is wrong in the world, we'll be still be coming at you Friday morning, but with an even more somber mood with my panic button officially flipped open and pressed like no doubt about it mine will be out of the cupboard down 2-0 oh man my hand my hand would be on it (laughs) again be sure to uh subscribe to us on apple Podcasts wherever you get your podcasts give us a five-star review let us know what you think uh again we plan on doing some like mailbags in the future we'll answer some questions through the reviews and uh we appreciate you guys for listening and go lakers